Aloha, and welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. Grab your bathing suit because we're in Maui, Hawaii with Kim Juleen of Finding Your Fiji. Kim takes us on the scenic road to Hana as we explore this tropical paradise. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Maui. Let's start the show. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Now, I avoid renting cars as much as possible when I travel, but sometimes you just need a car for a few hours. That's where Zipcar comes in. You can rent their cars by the hour or by the day, and both gas and insurance are included in one flat rate. Use our link to join at wetravelthere.com forward slash Zipcar to start out with $25 worth of credits in your bank. Hey, Kim, welcome to the show. I'm excited to hear about Maui today. I'm excited to tell you about Maui. <laughs> Actually, there's a pretty strong reason why you're so excited about Maui, right? How did you end up moving there? Yeah, so I lived in Minnesota all my life, and I don't love winter, so that was a little bit of a problem. I just really felt guided to come here. I kept getting message after message, just little signs about Maui, and I actually moved here without ever having visited before. Wow, that is quite a leap of faith. Definitely. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Sell everything and get, hop on a plane with eight suitcases. <laughs> wow, that is brave. I, I just moved myself and I wasn't quite that adventurous. My move came with a big old moving truck. Oh. So <laughs> since you've been there, you've been there since 2017, right? Yes. Yes. I've been here about a year and a half now. Since you've been there, like, how would you describe the people? Have they been welcoming to you? Uh, they've been calling you a Howley that you're coming from the mainland and coming out there. What's been the response? Everyone is amazing. They talk about Minnesota nice, but Hawaii with the aloha energy just brings it to a whole new level. And I like to give the example of the DMV. Like if you go into the DMV, they are the sweetest people and so nice and so accommodating and so helpful. It's just everywhere you go, they're just really awesome. I haven't run into any issues. That sounds like an alternate universe. Pretty sure I can't <laughs> have experienced that same type of thing anytime I've ever been to the DMV. Right? <laughs> That's kind of my touch point. <laughs> right on. So you've only been there a short period of time. So in some ways, you're kind of still a tourist there as well, right? Yes. Yeah. And I actually want to stay that way. I really want to stay curious about things. I really want to stay because there are some people that live on the island that like haven't been to the beach in a year. That's not me. Like, I want to keep exploring. I want to keep finding new places. I want to keep just my curiosity about everything. Now, that's a great way to look at it because I know I was guilty when I lived in California that Catalina Island, I hadn't been there pretty much all my life until about 10 years ago. And my wife and I only went because we were on a cruise that stopped in Catalina on the way out. Oh, and wow. I think we really missed out on exploring some of the things that you kind of just take for granted because you feel that, oh, I'll get around to it at some point. Yeah, we can all fall into that trap. I'm trying to avoid that here. <laughs> no, for sure. I'm, I'm trying to do the same thing in Nashville. I'm focused on unboxing, getting rid of all my boxes, and then we're going to go out in there and start exploring because there's so much to do in these new cities we've been to. Nice. So since you've been there... What's the weather like? Are there certain times of the year that are better to visit than others? 
Actually, the weather I feel like is always pretty good. It really depends on where you are in the island because we get all climates here. So particularly in the winter, it's very, very rainy, like up in Haiku. Upcountry gets very cool, very cold. I was like freezing the other day. I had pants and a jacket and a sweatshirt and I was cold upcountry the other day. But south side and the west side of Maui are always pretty much within 10 degrees. So in the summer, it might be more like low to mid 90s. In the winter, it's like low to mid 80s. So that piece of it doesn't vary. It does rain a little bit more in the winter, but I feel like south side and west side don't get as much rain. And so I don't feel like it doesn't rain very often here in Kihei where I live, which is south side. It's all relative, right? Because you were yeah. lived in Minnesota all your life. And now you're talking about going to a certain side of Hawaii and you're worried about wearing a jacket and pants. I know, right? Oh my gosh, your blood thins for sure. But I would say, <laughs> you know, if you want to avoid the crowds, I would say come in the summer because there's definitely less people. We do have like a tourist season and that's basically November through April Okay, is essentially the tourist season. So if you want to come when it's not so busy... And I actually think the summer is better. The water is warmer. There's more going on, I think, in the summer. See, that's odd because, you know, I have kids. And so I think that the summer is always the peak season, pretty much anywhere you want to go, other than obviously snowboarding. To hear that it's really, I guess, the snowbirds that are coming to Hawaii that drive up the prices because they're coming out to thaw out. Yes. That's really the peak season. Yes, exactly. When my kids are on summer break or on spring break, something like that, then it's a good time to come to Hawaii because you know it's getting a little warmer in, in some of those northern parts of the U.S., and so there's less people coming out there. Exactly. And the water's calmer in the summer as well, so it's better for snorkeling and that type of thing. Okay. So since you've been there a little over a year and a half now, are there certain like festivals or concerts? What are the types of things that go on throughout the year that people really should miss out on? If you do come in the winter, um, one of the beautiful things about the Hawaiian Islands is that the whales come and they're actually already starting to come. I've heard some people that have seen some whales already. So we get more than 4,000 humpback whales that come from Alaska to play. The adults don't eat while they're making the journey and while they're in Hawaii, but basically they're giving birth to their babies their mating, all of that. And they're often very close to shore. So you'll see them even like I'll be swimming at the beach and I'll see them breaching, you know, so that's a cool thing. It's awesome. And to see the babies, I did do a whale watching tour last year and it was just incredible. So the whale watching is definitely something that I recommend. And I usually say go with the Pacific Whale Foundation because they are completely nonprofit. And they have all certified marine specialists, uh, or naturalists rather. So they're very knowledgeable. And all the money that you know you pay for your tour goes back into research, education, and conservation. Plus they have the underwater where you can actually hear the whales talking to each other, which is really pretty cool too. What a great experience. Yes. Like you said, it's kind of a win-win being able to choose them versus another vendor. Because obviously when you're getting a great experience with people that are very knowledgeable about the whales and about the ecology and the environment, 
but also any money that you're giving them is getting reinvested into preservation and education. Exactly, exactly. So that's kind of a winter thing. Summertime, we have the Maui Film Festival that's here, typically in June, and it's a huge festival. They show all kinds of like the new movies that are coming out, similar to some of the other film festivals. And it's outdoors. So they put up a 50-foot screen and everyone brings their lawn chairs. And it's just really magical to be watching movies like out in the Hawaii weather. And just it's, yeah, it's super fun. (laughs) Yeah, I can only imagine right now. It's getting a little colder here in Nashville. And I'm just imagining being able to wear my flip-flops and shorts again. (laughs) Yeah, right? Is it difficult to get tickets to the Maui Film Festival? Or do you have to get on some sort of list to be able to have access to them? How does that work? No, it's pretty easy. There's so many different films. So it runs for, I can't remember how many days it runs for, but I want to say it's at least five days. So there's lots of different films and there's two different venues that they do them at. There's lots of different options. Plus they have some other things going on where they've got tastings, packages where you can buy like the whole thing where you do like a wine tasting, food tasting and the movies. So there's lots of different packages and I felt really easy to get tickets. I mean, obviously you don't want to wait till the last minute, Sure, but you know, I think I got mine maybe like a week or two before and it was fine. Oh, okay. That sounds perfect. What are some of the other things to do in Hawaii? Obviously the beaches are probably number one. Everybody that comes there wants to go to the beaches. Yes taking a look at volcanoes and things like that. What are some of your choices as far as the right beaches? And are there any sort of tours to be able to go see volcanoes? Haleakala is our dormant volcano, and it is definitely something to see. Usually people will go up there at either sunrise or sunset, just because it's a beautiful time to see things up there. So sunrise, you have to have reservations because there's only so much parking and that you do need to do like before you come for sure, because they do sell those out. I would say, you know, as soon as you know you're going on the trip, if you know you want to go to Haleakala at sunrise, book your reservation. It's like $5 or something like that to do the reservation. So it's really- It's very nominal. Yeah, it's very nominal and it's just to reserve your spot. I actually like sunset up at Haleakala even a little bit better just because it's just a cool thing to see the sunset. The clouds are basically out in front of you and the sun is setting down into the clouds. It's really kind of a cool thing to see. And it is cold up there. So if you're coming from a cold weather place, you know, do bring your winter coat because it is cold up there. I wear hat, mittens, winter coat when I'm up at Haleakala. So you don't want to be going up there in shirts and a tank top. Okay. Yeah. Good advice. What about beaches? Are there certain beaches that you prefer? There are so many beaches. I think the south side where I live in Kihei has the best beaches. There's so many. And I think that's part of the reason. Like there's just a bunch of different ones. One of my favorite beaches in Kihei is Ke'ava Kapu. It has a couple different names people call it by, but it's a very, very long beach and very, you know, the sand is nice, white, sandy. It's really a beautiful walk. It's a great place to swim. It's a great place to watch sunset. There's a couple restaurants right there, Five Palms and Sorrento's, where you can actually watch the sunset from the restaurant as you're eating. So that's one of my favorite places for sure, as far as beaches on this side. Snorkeling, there's all kinds of other different beaches that I recommend. The Cam beaches are great because they're really accessible. And Cam is short for Kamaole. We have three cam beaches, cam one, cam two, cam three, and all of them are, you know, just great places to swim, to snorkel, 
to hang out, picnic, and all of that kind of stuff, too. So those are really great. There's one little beach that not too many people know about, and it is in Makana, which is also on the south side of the island, and it's called Chang's Beach. And it's just a little tiny parking lot past McKenna Surf Condos. So if you're driving, there's just one road that goes towards McKenna. If you're driving that road, you'll see McKenna Surf Condos on your right. And then just after that, there's a little white gate that leads into a small parking lot. It's just a tiny little beach, but not too many people know about it. And there's really great snorkeling. You see oftentimes sea turtles there, even just from shore. But it's really just a beautiful little kind of quiet beach. All that sounds great. I will say that I've heard the names that you said, but if I tried to spell them, there's absolutely no way I could do that. So right. <laughs> for everybody listening, I'm sure you're in the same boat as me. Kim's going to email me all these different names and she's provided a lot of other information that we're going to include in the show notes. So don't worry about it. I'm in the same boat. I wouldn't know how to spell these if I could, even if I tried. We'll have all that in the show notes. I'm just going to mention briefly three other places that I highly recommend that people do when they come. Sure. One is Rodahana, and I'm sure lots of people have heard of that, but there's so many little spots along the way along Rodahana that most people don't know about. So there's actually a really great guidebook that is helpful for anyone that's coming to Maui. It's called Maui Revealed. I have no connection with them or anything, but I just love this book. And they give you a lot of these little hidden spots and that type of thing. So Rodahana is one I would definitely do. EO Value is another one that a lot of people, I think, skip over. But it's amazing because it's a different terrain. Like it's definitely a different type of feel. I feel like it's very spiritual place. Like energetically, whenever I'm feeling like I need to be recharged, I go to EO Valley. How would you describe it? What's the what's so different about it? Yeah, Valley is a valley. It's set between like the hillsides, the mountains. There's what they call Yao Needle, which is kind of a spot at the very top. So you can hike to the very top. There's a little state park at the top. You can hike up there. But down below is where I really like the area in there. And that is the heritage gardens are there, but there's some really beautiful hiking and it's all these small little waterfalls. So the water runs down from the mountain there and there's actually like freshwater pools that you can swim in and just beautiful hiking. And even just if you just sit there, right? Like just sit on the rocks and watch the water. I could do that for days. That <laughs> <laughs> all just sounds so beautiful. I mean, I'm just picturing it in my mind right now. And I'm sure that what's in my mind is not even anywhere as beautiful as what you actually see when you're there. Right. Yeah. So you mentioned the road to Hana. Uh, Hana? Is that how it is? Hana. Hana. Okay. Yep. And so obviously you need a car for that. Yes. When you're traveling around, when you come to visit Maui, do you need a car or is there a good public transportation? What's the best way to get around? I would definitely rent a car because things are spread out so much and public transportation, it will, it will take you forever to get there. And they're not always running on time either. So it's Maui time, right? It's Maui time. Yeah. <laughs> they actually have, I guess, an app uh, that will tell you like how late the bus is going to be or what time it's going to be there. So yeah, I would definitely rent a car. It's just very helpful because like I say, things are very spread out. Some islands like Kauai or some of the other islands, you do need a four-wheel drive. I don't feel like you need it here. I don't have one personally myself, and I get around to everywhere. Okay. So we just don't have the roads and things. There's a couple places where you would need an SUV, but for the most part, you can get away with a regular car. 
I think having a smaller car probably is an advantage considering the parking situation. It is, yeah, because parking is difficult. And that is just because the parking spots are usually a lot smaller um, here too than you're used to on mainland. And it's just easier to navigate probably with a little bit smaller car. Right on. So when you go to the car rental agency, if they offer an upgrade, don't take it. Keep the small car. Yeah. Well, it depends on the space. Like, you know, if you're hauling a bunch of boogie boards and you have a lot of luggage, you might want a bigger (laughs) car too. Sure. So yeah. (laughs) Uh, We only have a few more minutes, but one thing that we haven't talked about yet is the food in Maui. Yes. What are some of your favorite places to eat? And is there a certain like unique food that you can only find in Maui? Yeah. Poke bowls is one of the things that is unique to Maui. There's a lot of Maui is very um, eclectic as far as food, but poke bowls, you'll hear about that a lot. And it's, um, they make them, you know, with a lot of different things in them. So that would be something to try. Definitely. We have a lot of great sushi on the Island for sure. Obviously, A lot of fresh fish, a lot of fresh fish. Exactly. Yeah. So it's so funny because I live not too far from McDonald's. And one of my friends is like, Oh, you're by the McDonald's. I'm like, there's a McDonald's literally like I've not been to any of the chain, like what would be a mainland chain restaurant. I've not been to any of those here. So I typically like to do the local stuff and everything, you know, there's just so many amazing places to eat. Oh, for sure. I mean, if you're surrounded by all that awesome food, why settle for processed? (laughs) That's just blah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Cause you can get a quick meal, you know, if you're looking for fast food, you can still get a quick meal that is more traditional. And there's lots of food trucks on Maui too. So that's another thing, you know, there's food trucks a lot of times at the different beaches or close by the beaches. And so food trucks are a great, great place to try different foods and get something quicker as well. Are there any certain restaurants that are like local chains or anything like that, that you would recommend if somebody's coming to Maui that they should make sure they hit it? Yes, for sure. Maui in general is very accommodating to any dietary needs, and especially people that are vegan or gluten-free, like pretty much everywhere has options for you. A couple of the places that I really like are Monkey Pod. They have locations in Wailea and Kanapali. Also, there's a new choice health food bar that has a couple locations, a couple up in Lahaina area, which is West Side, and also one in Paia. Two of my other favorite places that I like to go, though, are just a single locations. One of those is a Cafe de Amis, and that is in Paia town, which is a just a cute, adorable little town, definitely worth going there. And Cafe de Amis has incredible crepes. So not just the breakfast type of crepes, but they have like savory ones and you can get them gluten-free. They've got all kinds of smoothies and coffees and teas and drinks and just a cool atmosphere also. Yeah, that sounds delicious. I think you said there was one other that you were thinking of? There's another one, actually, it's called Pita Paradise, and this one is up in Wailea. I like it because it does have a little bit different menu. It's more like Mediterranean, and the atmosphere is really nice. They also do sometimes have music and um, like belly dancer. A friend of mine is a belly dancer, and she (laughs) does belly dancing there, and she's amazing. That's a cool place, too, to go for just atmosphere as well as amazing food. Right on. So hopefully if the listeners go there, then they'll say hi to your friend and say, hey, Kim sent me. 
Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And one other last little place, Nuka is the best place on the island to find sushi. And that's up in Haiku. That's more upcountry, but Nuka has just amazing. It's a small place. They don't take reservations. They're only open for lunch, which doesn't have sushi and dinner, which has their full menu. Okay. But it is probably one of my favorite places on the island. Okay. So final question before we get to the final countdown. You've talked about the different places there on the west side, the north side, south side. How far is it if somebody wants to drive from one side of the island to the other? So if you're driving from upcountry, um, like up Makawao area to Lahaina, it could be an hour and a half. Depends on traffic. Because Lahaina, if you're going through Lahaina, it's just a one, one lane road. So one lane in each direction. If there's a monk seal on the road or there's water splashing up over the road, you could be like stuck there for hours. So okay. that's just another thing I'd recommend is staying south side because you're more central to everything. I know a lot of people like to stay up in Lahaina, Kanapali, west side, but it's really not as easy to get around. And again, you have that one lane road going in and out of there, so you can get stuck in traffic pretty easily there. And is the airport, is it in the south side or the north side? Um, airport is actually on the north side of the island. It's in Kahului. And that's really where the airport is, is kind of where Costco is and shopping. So if you're wanting to do more shopping, there's like only one beach on that little area there. But yeah, so the airport from Kihei, a south side, is only 20 minutes. Oh, yeah, that's super easy then. Yeah. But is it something you need to worry about? Like you mentioned with these roads, if you're going to go to the airport, let's say you're leaving, coming back to the mainland, do you need to leave extra time just in case of these, uh, you know, like a monk seal or whatever's happening uh, to block the roads? If you're staying in Lahaina or up on west side, yeah, I would definitely make sure that you leave extra time. The rest of the island, you're fine because there's, you know, multiple roads, multiple ways that you can go. Okay, perfect. So, all right. Well, thanks, Kim. This has been fantastic. All the information about Maui has been great. Now it's time for the final countdown. If somebody only had time for one meal in Maui, where should they go and what should they eat? I would say go to Mama's Fish House. And you do need reservations for that. It's a beautiful place for sunset. So it's an amazing um, place for sunset there. And I definitely would get the salmon or any type of fish, right? Like everything is good on that menu. You've been there about a year and a half. So what's one of your most memorable stories since you moved there? I feel like one of the most memorable things that's happened to me is going to the Olivine Pools. Um, this is a... It's kind of a spiritual journey a little bit, but it's a trek down. This is up on the west side. You trek down into this area and actually swim in a saltwater pool. So the ocean water flows in and swimming with the fish there and just really being in, feeling like you're in another world is what it really feels like when you're there because you're in the middle of this, you know, freshwater pool. The ocean's like on the outside of you. It's just amazing, amazing energy there. What a unique experience. That's really cool. Speaking of cool things, what's the happiest happy hour? I would say Monkey Pod. They have the best Mai Tais on the island. Oh, so, there you go. Yeah, um, Monkey Pod either location is great for that. And they usually, you know, there's pretty good views from both. Do they have a good menu for food as well? Yes. Yeah, amazing, amazing food. And they do have some gluten-free options as well. Oh, perfect. That way to take care of everybody. Yes. You know, this one, because of gluten, uh, you may not have a good answer for me, but what's the best pepperoni pizza in town? Well, I'm going to give you two for this. So for the gluten-free people, Maui Brick Oven is amazing. Maui Brick Oven has only gluten-free. So everything that they serve there is gluten-free. And so they have pizzas, they have pastas, all kinds of different things there. 
But for the regular folks, I would say flatbread pizza in Paia. I love the different options that you can put on the pizzas there, the spinach, all kinds of difference that you can put on pizzas there. Oh, good. Uh, and then I usually like to have a local beer with pizza. Is there a local beer for Maui? Ooh, that's a great question. Because I don't drink, that's not in my wheelhouse to tell you. Um, and even if I did drink, beer is not my drink of choice. So that's, that <laughs> one's a little bit tougher for me. But there's so many, um, there's definitely a lot of brew houses here and many of the restaurants have the specialty brews. Perfect. So we'll leave that one as a surprise when, there when we go. go there to visit. Or something local and be surprised and just enjoy that for sure. Exactly. Yeah. So tell everybody about yourself and tell everybody about your book and what you're working on. Sure. So I'm actually working on a book right now called Minnesota to Maui about my journey coming here from Minnesota, sight unseen. The thing that you mentioned is actually a free gift that people can grab. It's a nine fast feng shui fixes to attract abundance. So it's just a way for people to boost their abundance. So they have plenty of money to come and spend in Maui, I guess. <laughs> that, that would be because things are a bit more like California prices than Midwest prices here for sure. I also do a lot of stuff on YouTube and on my Instagram and my Facebook. So people that are interested in seeing more of Maui, I'm constantly doing videos and they will see more of Maui and those places. My finding your Fiji is the, the sign name for both Instagram and Facebook. So that's a good place to see a lot more about Maui and to see, you know, just the different places that I'm exploring. I'm usually doing a video when I'm there. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah, we'll have links to all your social media and your website, everything online. And then once your book is published, we'll update the show notes to have that available there as well. Awesome. For travelers that want to experience tropical weather without getting a passport, Hawaii is the perfect destination. Maui is the second largest Hawaiian island and is known as the Valley Isle. It's even been named the best island in the U.S. by Condé Nast for more than 20 years. That's pretty impressive. Maui offers some of the best beaches in the world, and is a popular place to whale watch in the winter. What's your favorite thing you learned about Maui? Please let us know in the show notes at wetravelthere.com forward slash Maui or log into the We Travel There podcast community on Facebook. Join us in the next episode when Drew Tadia of True Form Life brings us to Redondo Beach, California for some amazing fish tacos. We hope you join us when we travel there. If you like this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell them what you enjoyed most. Make sure you subscribe so that way you don't miss any of our upcoming destinations. If you'd like to listen to more podcasts about travel, I suggest learning about your favorite boarding area travel bloggers with the Now Boarding Podcast, hosted by Ed Pizza. Each episode features an in-depth interview with one writer to discover their passion for travel and rewards. Let me know what you think.